Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host in the Arizonas, Mr. Matt, not talented. With me, as always, my buddy on the other coast, the raging... I don't know, sleepy, tired person, mysterious Mike Talent. Oh, uh, yeah. Raging, sleepy, tired person. That, that's a good one. Can you be raging and sleepy? Because they're kind of like the opposite spectrums, aren't they? No, I think you could do it. Okay. All right. So maybe like raging, sleepy is like you're pissed off because you're not sleeping. Yeah, Definitely. So talking about sleep, Mike, today we're talking about our fourth Stephen King movie of the year, Dr. Sleep. Oh man, dude, that was a good segue. I'm going to have to give it to you on that one. Damn right you will. And the shinning. (laughs) We're talking about the shinning too, right? Because we watched that as well. We teased that in the last pod. Yes. Yes, we did. Although, I think we should reserve doing a full review of The Shining for maybe next year's Harvest Horror Fest. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. But it, it was important for the story for Dr. Sleep, so I, I did enjoy watching it before I watched Dr. Sleep. So, we'll be polite, though, and we promised everyone we would give them our numbers on The Shining, and so we will. So, but Mike... Before we start talking about all of that, the real reason we're here, Dr. Sleep, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown? Okay, Matt. So uh, it's Dr. Sleep. It is directed by Mike Flanagan. Its writers are Stephen King, or based on the novel by Stephen King, and uh, the script was written by Mike Flanagan. It's starring Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Kylie Curran, Cliff Curtis, and the story is, years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Danny Torrance meets a young girl with similar powers as he tries to protect her from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Mike, do you think the True Knot goes to Knotfest? I don't know, but that would be pretty cool. Knotfest was a lot of fun. Did you go this year? No, no, I would, I would like to go, but I didn't, I didn't get a chance. I didn't go this year because I didn't think the lineup was super great. And Frankie Lala called me last minute saying he had a ticket. I wish he would have called me like a day before, so I could have ran down there and gone not fest. That would have been sweet. Anyways, so Mike, uh, do you want to start out with the Shining or do you want to start out with Doctor Sleep? Uh, <laughs> I think we should do the Shining because uh, it leads into Doctor Sleep. Okay, so just real quick, we all, you know, we're not going to do the rundown for The Shining. We'll do that when we actually sit down and review it. But Mike, thoughts and opinions. Do you think you need to see The Shining before you go and watch Dr. Sleep in the theaters? I don't think you need to, but it was very helpful in explaining some of the uh, harder parts of the story, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Okay. I think uh, I didn't see it before I went and saw Dr. Sleep. I watched Dr. Sleep and then I watched The Shining. It definitely, in my opinion, helped elaborate more on certain things and certain scenes and 
no spoilers, so I'm just saying certain things. Like uh, the cinematography, similar in the flashbacks in Doctor Sleep. The sets were almost identical to a level. Uh, you know, I really, you know, I'll just put it out there. I really love The Shining. It's, I'm not a horror movie person. I'm a giant Stanley Kubrick fan, but The Shining is one of my favorite films that he has done. And I love The Shining. It's a, it's a hard movie to beat, man. It really is. Uh, yeah, The Shining is really quite a neat movie. And when I was doing just some initial research for this I couldn't believe some of the things Stanley Kubrick was just interesting in the way that he did the uh, filming and he just required so many takes. Um, I guess a lot of scenes, it, it wasn't uncommon to do 35 to 45 takes of every scene. So he, he really just it, like every time he's like, yeah, that was great. Let's do it again. Yeah. He was relentless in every single one of his films but he's also a master at the same time. So you can't fault the guy. Yeah. No, he, I mean, it was his, his style for sure. But I, I really like that movie. Um, and I like this movie in a different way. But I think we'll get into that more in the spoilers. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and throw this out there. Before we dive hardcore into Dr. Sleep, Mike, how many reels do you give the original Shining from 1980? Oh, I, I'm going to give that four and a half reels. Only four and a half reels, Mike. Really? Yeah, really. Really? Really. <laughs> you are tired. <laughs> well, Mike, you know what? Uh, as I said, I'm a huge Cubic fan. This is one of my favorite films. It's not my absolute favorite, but it's up there. I give it a five out of five reels. Ooh, man, five. Awesome. So I'm not going to put these in the show notes either. I'm just going to say that. I'll just, people can hear it. So, all right, let's roll into Dr. Sleep now that we got our shining out of the way. Um, you were elaborating when we were, before we hit record. Both of these films are very long, very long. They're two and a half, 220, somewhere in there, minutes each, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they're both over 220. So that's a that's a long film. That's five hours of film we dedicated to watching for this single podcast, and we're going to try and do 30 minutes. But the thing is, I know you said you felt that they were long. Neither of the films ever felt long to me. Dr. Sleep did not feel long to me. Neither did The Shining. Did it drag for you, Mike, or what do you elaborate on? Did it feel long, or they're just long and you just realized it? Um, I think it was just the time that I had to dedicate uh, now I love The Shining and I like seeing it right before I saw this movie I think it was very helpful I don't think you absolutely necessarily need to see it but it can help clear some things up um, did I feel they were long? no, I didn't feel either movie was really long it was just when I looked at my watch I was like, oh man like there's all that time's gone so I mean that I'm not saying that it was a bad thing. It, they they were they were both really good movies and and the second one or Doctor Sleep, even though it's it's long, it didn't it doesn't feel long. It, it's it's very well done. Yeah, they flow. Both of them flow very very well. I think The Shining flows a little bit better than Doctor Sleep, 
but I didn't have any problems with the flow or the story or anything of Dr. Sleep. I, I rather enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good film. It is not, it's hard to compare it to the shining at all. Cause the shining is such a masterpiece, but this is a very, very, very good movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it flowed well. The acting was incredible. The sets were great. There's a few hiccups here and there, but for the most part, you know, I think he did a fantastic job trying to do Stephen King novel, Stephen King's novel and Stanley Kubrick's film sequel in one. I think uh, Mike Flanagan did an incredible job with this film with what he had to do and what he had to live up to. Yeah, um, I I agree. I don't I don't know if you can like hold them on the same like level field or whatever. But in my mind, and Matt, you might you might say something different. But in my mind, this this movie's kind of like it's not a sequel as a traditional sequel. It's it's more of a sequel of the to continue the story in a kind of a different way. So so I guess in my mind, I was thinking it's kind of like one of those sitcoms or something that has like a spinoff. So. I was thinking, like, interesting, you know, like Cheers had Frasier, right, which involved the storyline of Cheers, kind of because of the central character Frasier, but it was like Frasier outside of his life of Cheers had a whole different life, and I don't know, I kind of feel like that's what this is a little bit, like you're introduced into some of the concepts and things that are happening in the shining and then this is an expansion of the shining world okay all right so i see what you're trying to say it's not really a sequel i agree it's more of its own separate film you have a different protagonist now granted danny torrance is the main protagonist in this film but i think the um young girl that he is working with it's more her story Yes. Uh, Abra Stone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one thing I did like, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the the little uh, vampire crew, the True Knot, I liked how much they developed the villains in this film. I thought that was really good. You don't see that a whole lot anymore. Most of the time, here's the bad guy. This is what he does. This is it. This one, you saw like why they're doing what they're doing, how they're doing it. Yes, it's really screwed up, but I don't want to say you so much feel for them, but you understand where they're coming from and why they're doing these horrible, horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an accurate assessment. All right, Mike. So do you think people should go see Dr. Sleep in the theaters? Um. Yes, I think you should see it in the theaters. I enjoyed seeing this kind of content on the theaters. If you are if you're a big fan of The Shining, I think you would like it. I don't know. I could see also how you wouldn't like it. I don't know. I don't know what the people's reactions are like, but I liked it. I think you definitely need to go see this in the theaters. It is not a horror movie, in my opinion. It is more of a thriller. There are horror elements in it, for sure. Especially the True Knot and their steam and their weird eyeball thingies. And 
what they do to the young and things like that. But I definitely think you should go see this in the theaters. I really enjoyed this movie. And one of the parts that really stuck out for me in this film was, aside from the incredible acting and sets and story and things like that, was the soundtrack. The soundtrack was really, really good. The use of the audio bouncing off the walls and things in the theater was very, very well done. Much, very reminiscent of, you know, The Shining and other horror films. Cool, man. Yeah. I I enjoyed this movie. I did enjoy it, but I'm I'm with you in saying it's not quite a horror movie. It's a it's it's more of a thriller and it has a lot of like ties to the original Shine, Shining, but I I don't know. I don't want to say it's a sequel. I mean, it kind of is, but it, to me it's different. Like Yeah, it has its own it has characters from The Shining. It has things that were brought up in The Shining, developed in The Shining, that play out in this movie, but the premise is completely different. About the only thing that rolls around is the fact that there's now more people that shine and there's villains that shine, and it's it's a completely different story, different take. Uh, it Yeah, Danny Torrance is a major part of this film, but I don't think this is his film, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think you're right. But yeah, this was an interesting movie. Uh, I was glad to see how things happened in the movie versus what I saw in the trailers because the trailers misled me drastically, and that's okay. And I actually like the movie a lot better than the trailer, so that's great. Wow, so we're going back to status quo of shitty trailers, good movies. Yeah, I think so. All right, instead of great trailers in shitty movies. Yeah. Okay, Mike, so talking about great movies, Mike, how does Dr. Sleep relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? meant uh thanks for asking so for this one uh the newton brothers worked on the music department of the avengers endgame and avengers infinity war and they also worked on this movie in the uh music department nice all right all right yeah yeah all right so folks you know what that means it is now spoiler territory which i've been itching to get to because it's hard to uh, discuss this one without spoiling a lot of it because it is so intertwined in the mythos of The Shining and Stephen King's world and universe and all that stuff. So, spoilers from here on out. All right. So, here's a fun one right off the bat. Or maybe, you know, all right, all right. I'll start it out this way. What did you think about Lloyd in this movie? Oh, <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was a little weird to me. I mean, I guess it wasn't, but it it was. It it, it was interesting to see someone playing kind of Jack Nicholson's character and looking a lot like Jack Nicholson, but not being Jack Nicholson. Did you like it or did you not like it? I think there was emphasis on the side shot of the character that I thought was a little weird. 
where his profile, where they were just looking at him from the side in like 75% of the conversation. I thought that was weird. I think it made sense to have him in there as Lloyd, though. I liked that scene. I thought the scene was really, really good. And that was actually the director's call. I listened to a podcast where they talked with the director about it. And that was one of the biggest things. And he knows. He's like, either people are going to love it or they're going to hate it and they're going to crucify me about it. But he's like, I did it this way because this is the way I wanted to do it. And he could have gotten Jack Nicholson, had him back there, de-aged him, done all that stuff. He said, I could have done that. He chose not to. He chose to stick with hiring different actors and to play Lloyd or to play Jack Torrance, not Jack Nicholson. And, you know, like the, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name, the mother of uh, Danny Torrance. I'm forgetting what her name is. Oh, oh, uh, the original actress? Well, the original actress was uh, uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Torrance. So, oh, like, they oh, got yeah. a different actress to play Wendy Torrance, and she was trying to channel Shelley Duvall in being herself though and being wendy torrance above being shelly duvall playing wendy torrance does that make sense it's a little confusing yeah i think so i think i got it but yeah he was trying and that's why he cast people instead of just doing the de-aging process because or digitally making because i mean come on look at look at uh gemini man look at terminator 2 i mean they flat out made you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton Young in those films, they could have easily done it for this, especially for how short those scenes were. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it. I would have liked to have seen Jack Nicholson in there, but that scene overall I thought was great because it shows Danny Torrance struggling with his alcoholism that he inherited clearly from his father. And it's his father and he's having that conversation with his father. And clearly it's him. It's not like a figment of imagination or whatever, like, he now is part of the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was good overall. There was a couple things, I, I guess, like fan service for this uh movie that I was like, I wasn't sure that they needed to be there, but it was okay. I like I kinda like to see them, but it was a little bit extra, I guess. What fan service was that, Mike? Um, so the sweeping shot of the lake Whatever lake and the trees, and then yeah. when you're Glacier. driving up, yeah. Now you know the that shot. See, I did some research. That shot is the actual shot that Stanley Kubrick did. He just turned it into night and made it snow. It's the exact same footage. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, that's why it looks the same, right? And yeah, there's you know, especially that third act where they're a hundred percent at the overlook. It is nothing but fan service. Like the whole thing is fan service. You know, the typewriters there still there, the cuts in the doors are still there. Everything is still there from The Shining. I mean, it was just like, hey, look, Shining. That's what that whole third act was. But I like how they didn't really dwell on that, and and the movie is more about the the other stuff from earlier in the movie and i i like that a lot right and i think they did it very well they have a little bit of we left off the shining at the start of the film and then they just hit it real hard at the end with all the other overlook hotel uh fan service stuff and i thought it was done really well i liked it i thought it was pretty good 
it was entertaining to me. Matt, Matt, what did you think of those little boxes? And I, I didn't understand exactly how they worked. And uh, oh, the boxes that it. were in Ewan McGregor's mind. Or yeah, Danny I liked Torrance's it. Mind? Yeah, 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 I liked it because I didn't know what was going on, and they never explained it. I liked it more because they never explained it really. Oh no, dude! I knew like immediately what he was doing, especially when uh, Halloran was explaining he needs to memorize this box and know it inside and out, and then you start putting two and two together. Well, the spirits—I guess you'd say the spirits from the Overlook Hotel are pursuing Danny because they still want his steam. And so when they show up, he sits down and puts them in that box in his mind and they can't escape. Yeah, no, I mean, I I get the concept, but I, I, I enjoyed the... We didn't understand exactly how that was happening and he just always took care of it. Oh, no, I I knew exactly how it was happening before he opened him up at the end. I knew exactly what that's what was going on because ha- how Halloran was explaining it and everything. Okay. But anyways, right. yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it because I thought that was a really cool part because it shows you how traumatized he was by his stay at the Overlook Hotel that his mind is that maze in the snow like that's his mind like that's what he sees in his head all the time yeah yeah no it's pretty dark yeah (laughs) all right mike well speaking about dark since uh don't you have a segment you need to ask about mike oh oh yes 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 uh so so matt what are you drinking (sighs) well mike i picked up a four peaks Beer I've never picked up before. I'd never seen it before. I didn't even know they did this. It is Four Peaks Oktoberfest Vienna oh. Lager. Nice. Says it's tasty, toasty, and prosty. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's not bad. It's a little um, hoppier and a little spicier not like spicier as in like hot but it has more spices than i'm used to almost more of like a winter ale oh okay interesting but it's still it's a decent brew mike where's your beer you know i i think it's 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 another one of those those ipas that you don't like man i don't well yes i don't like ipas but i do like beer okay so which ipa are we partaking today Mr. Talent. Uh, it's uh, Sierra Nevada uh, Celebration IPA. You know what we should do, Mike? What? We should get into the brewing. Well, you do brewing. So you know what you should do, Mike? The next, ba- next batch you do needs to be an IPA and it needs to be the Mike Talent IPA. Well, why wouldn't it be the real film nerds IPA? Because I don't drink IPAs. Oh, okay. All right. So the Mike Talent IPA? Or the talented IPA? Oh, the talented IPA. Yeah. All right. And then if you do like a, a double hoppy, it could be like twice talented. <laughs> just throwing nice. it out there. I'm just throwing all it right, out all there. All right. Yeah. No. Good ideas. Good ideas. All right, Mike. So the young man that was playing Jack Nicholson in this film is someone you probably rec- would recognize. His name is Henry Thomas. He has worked with Mike Flanagan many, many times. But do you know what role Henry Thomas is most known for? 
Uh, no, no, I'm not sure. He played Elliot in E.T. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, right? Elliot is uh, Jack Torrance now. And Lloyd. Weird. Oh, it gets even weirder. Weirder. I got some more trivia here. Um, All right, what you got, man? Keep going. So the original uh, Danny Torrance was in this movie. He was? Where was he at? He was one of the spectators at the baseball game. Nice. And his real name is Danny Lloyd. And after The Shining, he acted in one more film. And then he quit acting for good and became a school teacher. Interesting. Which coincidentally is what Jack Torrance did in The Shining. <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty awesome. trippy, huh? Yeah. But yeah, Danny Lloyd, trippy. he's one of the spectators in the, the baseball game in Dr. Sleep. So that's pretty cool that that he got a little bit of a shout out in there. So, all right, Mike. Well, anything else you want to add about The Shining? I mean, honest, I mean, not The Shining, Dr. Sleep. Jeez. See, now I'm getting him confused. I could talk about it for quite a bit. Like the True Knots, I thought they were pretty interesting characters. I, I wasn't like a super huge fan of like the other ones. But Rose the Hat, I mean, Jesus, that's a terrible name. But I liked Rose. I thought she was really, really good, especially since uh, one of your favorites, Rebecca Ferguson from the Mission Impossible series, played her. I thought it was really nice to see Rebecca Ferguson doing something not Mission Impossible related. Yeah, no, it was cool. I I enjoyed uh, her role in this movie, and it was a fun role. And I thought she did a really good job with this one. Okay. <laughs> what about the rest of the True Knots, Mike? Or what about Cliff Curtis as Billy Freeman? So uh, I like I like Cliff Curtis as uh, Billy Freeman. Um, and the the other True Knots were all right. Uh, what was it? The Crow? What, uh, crow something, right? Yeah. What was uh, what was crow her Daddy. Crow Crow Daddy? Yeah, Crow Daddy. Yeah, he was like yeah, the, the like one of the main ones. Other than the the one that was uh, the old guy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Flick. Something. Yeah, Grandpa, Grandpa Flick. Okay, yeah, Grandpa Flick. Um, I I like their characters. I thought it was pretty neat. Like this kind of gypsy crew that traveled around to find. I mean, their role was kind of terrible, but the, this gypsy crew that was trying to. F- stay alive and find live forever yeah 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 different children to i guess feed off of well i i didn't like that they're like basically like vampires you know they're like steam vampires i was like eh, it's kind of cheesy but yeah made sense they they pretty much were yeah um so mike why do so many of steven king's books deal with children and the torture and killing of children you know that's a good that's that's a good question, man. Uh, maybe we should ask Stephen King how his childhood was. I I don't I wonder if it's his childhood or if it's the fact that he never wanted to have kids and then he had them and he's like I need to kill these kids, and then he starts writing really creepy, messed up books. Oh, maybe, maybe. It, so so Matt, is this what you have to look forward to if you ever ever have kids? You're just gonna start writing these little stories about how terrible they are. Dude, if I make a mint like Stephen King does, yeah, I'm all over it. I envision Stephen King 
I even put it in the show notes for our last podcast. I envision Stephen King comes home and it's like Huel from uh, Breaking Bad. You know, he just dives onto this giant pallet of money. <laughs> nice, nice. I think that's what Very Stephen nice. King does. He just is, you know. He might, you know, he's uh, he's up in his house in Maine and he's just like, oh man, I hate when I just trip over money. Yeah, he's like, it's and, everywhere. And my 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 bed, my water bed full of money. It's it, I can't even sleep in it because it's so much money. The whole house is just money. Yeah, the the walls. Yeah. He's like, "Man, 2 by 4s suck when you got all this money 2 by 4s." <laughs> all right, Mike, fine. I'll cut it out. You I could tell you're falling asleep. You're getting delirious. <laughs> Mike, how many reels do you give Dr. Sleep? Uh, I give Dr. Sleep uh, three and a half reels. I, I I really enjoyed this movie. It's just, it's a different, my my only caution is don't go to this expecting The Shining Part 2. Wow. Well, I'm glad to see that we are back to the way things used to be. I'm now higher than you, Mike. I give Dr. Sleep a four out of five. Awesome. Awesome. You know, the world is is right. Everything is going on correctly. Now I know you're drunk. If you think the world is right and everything's going correctly. Or are you just talking about the podcast? I'm just talking about the podcast. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're rating higher than me and I'm rating lower and everything's good. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, last week that was, uh, yeah, you broke the internet with that, Mike. Broke the internet. <laughs> I doubt I broke the internet. Our uh, our nine uh, nine uh, listeners were like, "Oh God, look at the controversy!" Actually, you know the most interesting thing I got. I was getting a few messages from uh, friends. Yeah, what, was what's that? about my discussion of the exoskeleton penis. <laughs> of course, man, that's that's very important. Well, I didn't say penis; I said wiener. So the exoskeleton <laughs> wiener, exo wiener. Yeah. Is is that like a title of a movie? Dude, that might be the title of like Terminator Dark Fate, but like in the porn world. Terminator. <laughs> Exo we- Exoskeleton Wiener. No, it'd be like Dark Exo Wiener. Dark Wiener? <laughs> oh, that, yes. that goes in a whole nother world of porn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, what are we... What are we uh, going to watch next week? Because uh, I haven't looked. Is there Dude, a movie coming even... out next week? I'm sure there is. Uh, I don't even know which one, man. Let's see. I, I wanted to see Midway, but it is just getting destroyed by the critics. I don't know if it's worth it. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to see that. Charlie's Angels comes out next week. Ford versus Ferrari. The Good Liar waves. And oh, a few Ford versus Ferrari, man. Come on. I do want to see that. I do want to see that. Especially since the reason why that movie even got made is because Adam Carolla did a documentary about that very thing a few years ago. And I think Hollywood was like, wow, that, that, that would make an amazing movie. Yeah, no, let's go watch um, Batman and Jason Bourne tear it up, man. Let's do it. Okay, sounds good. Next week, Ford versus Ferrari. All right. All right, Mike. Anything else you want to add other than make sure and like, subscribe, tell your friends, your family that they need to listen to our podcast so that we can get more listeners so that we can get sponsorship so that we don't have to pay to see these movies. Cause I'm 
burning a hole in my pocket? Uh, yeah, uh, just like Matt said, uh, <laughs> I, we, can't, we can't emphasize enough to uh, rate us at least on iTunes. iTunes is still the king, even though iHeartRadio says they're the king. I don't think they are. So if you could just like us, uh, rate us, give us some sort of review on uh, iTunes, it would be greatly appreciated. And uh, I guess with that, Matt, we're just going to wrap it up. Catch you on the next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Joining me in studio now on Magic 99.1, Matt Henshaw from The Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Lisa. I've been very anxious to talk to you today. Extremely, I didn't huh? see Yes, because I didn't see it this weekend, and I wanted to. I'm hoping you're here to talk about Dr. Sleep. You're slacking on your duties of watching <laughs> movies. That's why I have you on. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's okay, exactly good. right. Maybe you should not go see movies then. Oh, maybe I shouldn't see this one, you think? Or any of them. No, really? I definitely think you should go see this one, though. Okay, you Are do. Are you a fan of the original Shining? I am. Yeah, and I don't like scary movies, but I like that kind of scary movie. I would not call it a scary movie. Okay. I call this more of a thriller. There are horror-esque parts in this film. All right. But overall, this is not your traditional horror film. It is more psychological, much like the original Shining. Yes. It's uh, it's a thriller. There's a lot of interesting, fun things that go on. It's a totally different way than I thought it was going to go. Uh, my co-host and I recorded yesterday, and one of the points that he brought up, it's not really a sequel to The Shining. It's more like a spinoff, like it's the same world, but the story's completely different. Okay, well, that's good. So you don't need to see the first one to see this one to understand it. It helps. Oh, it does. But it's not a must because there's a lot of fan service in this one, like a lot. Specifically, the last 20 or 30 minutes, like the third act is like almost 100% shining fan service. Oh, I love it. I love it. Did you love that part? I did personally. Yeah, yeah I thought sure. it was really good. I mean, especially since I watched The Shining in conjunction with this to prepare for it to talk about it. Sure. And I was just like, oh, that's like the exact office and that's this. And oh, there's the typewriter. And, you know, there's just <laughs> right. little things like that. Where If you're a fan of The Shining, which I am, I'm a huge fan of The Shining. Yes. I love so Stanley Kubrick. He's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you said that you don't have to see it, but you should, because a lot of the younger generations don't know about The Shining, and they're missing a great. Yes, they are, in my opinion. They're Mm -hmm. missing a lot. Absolutely. Okay, so how many reels are you going to give it? I think you definitely need to go see this in the theaters with four out of five reels. Four out of five reels. And it came in number two at the box office behind Midway. Does that surprise you? Yes, because Midway is terrible from what I've heard and read. I have not seen Midway. I wanted to go see it, but as you know, I was a little busy this weekend with working. Yes. So I didn't get to see that one. I only got to see one. Okay. But I think I picked the right one. It wasn't a big weekend for movies. Midway brought in $17.5 million. Dr. Sleep only $14.1 million. Everybody was at the Naz Suns game on Saturday. That's why. Yep. Yep. That's (laughs) what it was. We're all just too busy watching basketball. Absolutely. All right, Matt Henshaw, you can catch his podcast, Real Film nerds anywhere you can get podcasts we'll catch you next week thanks lisa you're welcome